Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode two for this season of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. If you missed episode one last week, we were talking about working in seasons and how expansive that can be for manifestors and all of the different ways that we can apply seasonal work to the way that we live life, whether it's business or career or uh, just our personal energy. Um, But in that episode, I was also talking about how we're going to be looking more intensely at manifestor basics in this first season of the year. We've got 13 episodes in our first season out this year. We're moving to a seasonal model, so we're not going to be having an episode every single week for the entirety of the year. Um, It's the first change that we've done to the podcast in about four years, so it feels pretty exciting. (laughs) I think it's going to be great. Um, But in this first season of our our first 13 episodes, we're really going to be kind of drilling down to those manifested basics and just having some deeper really applicable discussion about it. And the reason for that is that I I think that as manifestors, we get a very complex experience, which can get very convoluted, right? It can get really confusing and, and really hard to understand. And even when we enter into human design, we quickly realize that a lot of the language in human design doesn't necessarily strictly apply to us, right? We still have these um, nuances and these alterations that that need to occur even within human design for us to fully understand ourselves. And that's always been what the manifesto community is about. But I'm mindful that we have new people coming into the community every single day. Shout out if this is your first episode. We're so thrilled to have you here. And that everybody is at a different stage of their their journey of understanding themselves as a manifester. And we can kind of get lost in the weeds, right? If if I assume that everybody is at the same level and at the same place, level is the wrong word, at the same, the same place, at the same kind of, um, I guess, checkpoints on their journey, then there's going to be so many people that miss out on those really imperative steps that they need to take initially. So it's healthy for all of us to revisit the basics. And I think that we're going to have quite a lot of fun just re-going over some of the core things in this first season. Kicking off today with drilling down a bit more into creative urges. And this is a topic that I have wanted to discuss in this way for quite a while, but it just didn't really kind of fit into the the overall macro theme that we were moving with towards the end of last year on the podcast and therefore I just didn't I didn't really want to put my attention to it right I didn't really want to put my voice to it because it didn't feel like it was the right time to move forward that's a very splenic thing to say right like I have no sense of timing I'm just I'm just following the weird splenic pings here people <laughs> 
But considering that we just released our new freebie, our latest gift, which is the Manifestor's Guide to Creative Urges, teaching you guys all about creative urges, and so many people have picked it up. I think I think that we're kind of like 1,400 people or so have downloaded it in the first week. Um, so that's really incredible. Firstly, thank you for your support. But secondly, it's so incredible and beautiful to know that so many manifestors are investing that energy and that focus for themselves into their creative urges. So to help continue that and to further that now seemed like the perfect time to have this conversation about creative urges. And we're going to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's start this with just one piece of really clear understanding. Just so we are all absolutely on the same page together, I want to do a little rehash for you on what creative urges are because there is a lot of incorrect information that gets thrown around the human design community about this. If you search for general content on being a manifester, the vast majority of what you're going to see is that manifestors are here to initiate their ideas. Yeah. And this is very loose language. We get like ideas, visions, desires. Yep. And this leads us to believe that anything that crosses our mind that seems like a really good idea or anything that we happen to want to do is a creative urge. And my friends, that is not true. That is not true. We have done so much education over the years about what the difference between a creative urge and an idea is. And so if just immediately me bringing that to your attention makes you think, oh my God, I don't have any idea what the difference is. Firstly, download the Manifestor's Guide to Creative Urges free because we discuss it in there. But we've also done podcast episodes about it. There are Instagram posts about it. Um, There are blog posts on our website about it. I mean, we have done so much coverage of this, so please utilize our content to be determining that. But when we're kind of defining what a creative urge is, it is so much further than an idea. It's so much more complex than a vision, and it's much deeper than a desire. A creative urge is a thing that wants to be birthed. So you can think of a creative urge as like its own energetic entity. It comes from a different energetic realm. And there's a lot of different ways to frame this. Um, I taught for a while that it's bringing the 5D into the 3D. I think that's a great way to look at it. It can also be seen as uh, things that are coming from the universe or from source or from God. We can consider it as something that wants to be birthed from this tether that we have to the needs of the collective. There are just so many ways and none of them are like fully correct or incorrect. It's just about what resonates with you and and what sits correctly with you and with your theology and with your belief system. But creative urges are energetic things. They are things that want to be born. This is why for a manifester, the experience of receiving and initiating a creative urge is akin to like an energetic pregnancy. And I say that as a woman who has had three babies and, and four pregnancies, in fact, that it's the same energetic experience, that something is growing 
inside you. It's getting bigger and bigger and kind of pushing the edges of you out. And it's all driving towards this one outcome of I am going to be the vessel and the conduit. My body is going to be on the line as the thing that brings this other thing to life. I am going to need to collaborate with this, participate with this, and ultimately birth it into the world into some sort of kind of physical or 3D form. That's a creative urge. A creative urge is something that comes online with us through our bodies. We have a visceral connection to it. We feel it within ourselves. Um, You can kind of, for me, I often like feel it in my abdomen. I feel it sort of growing out like, oh, this thing is like, this thing is life and this thing is heavy and it has um, its own voice and its own tone and its own desires because I know that I am going to have to participate in a collaborative arrangement with this urge to put my body and my energy and my mind on the line to be able to initiate it. That's what a creative urge is. An idea is something that will come through your mind. It will be very logical. It will um, kind of have clear step-by-step process for how to do it. It will totally make sense. You'll see how it's usable. You'll see how it's useful. And also it'll be fairly fleeting. So it'll come through your mind, especially if you have an undefined head, which is the vast majority of the population. It'll come through your mind and a few days later it'll be gone. A creative urge does not let go of you. And this can become kind of really heavy for manifestors who are carrying around creative urges from 10 or 20 years ago that they never initiated. We continue to carry that within our energy and and they sort of stagnate and die. An idea will move through. An urge will come into your body. It's not in your mind. It'll come into your body. It'll make its home there. It'll set up camp. It'll tuck itself into bed and it will just wait for you to initiate it. And it will be like a toddler. It'll make more and more and more noise and more demands and push you and push you and push you until you initiate it. So we can put a great deal of energy into resisting our creative urges. And it's a horrible misuse of the manifested energy to do that. The reason that we do resist our creative urges is because they're illogical right? They're unexpected. They're unpredictable. They don't fully make sense. We often don't get the whole download of all of the steps that we need to do it. We'll get maybe the first one, two or three steps and and we need to initiate that and then the next steps will materialize. Um, There's always a sense of fear because we don't know if it's going to work out. We don't know if it's going to be received. Remember the things that we initiate from our creative urges are brand new brand new. So they've never been seen before. Even if you're initiating a creative urge that's like, maybe it's a digital course because you're a content creator. We've got millions of digital courses around the world, but what you're birthing has never been birthed by anybody else. So it might be in the structure of something old, but the energy that you're putting into it is new. The reason that creative urges are here is because the collective needs it. Quite frankly, that's what it all boils down to. The collective needs the manifester to birth the urge, to initiate the urge so that they have something to respond to. 
You're going to see that when you initiate a creative urge, usually immediately you'll get the projectors coming in and saying, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Let me help you kind of guide it out into existence. Let, let's make it efficient. Let's make it you know, usable and accessible to people. Then you'll have the generators that will come in and say, I, I want to build with this, right? I'm going to respond to this and I, I want to build it and I want to use it and I want to master it. Then our manifesting generators tend to come in and say, this is amazing. I want to innovate. So I want to take this and respond to it by changing it a little bit, by innovating it, by scaling it, by spreading it out. And then we have our reflectors who are really observing the entire process and after it's been around for a while are able to mirror back what we've learned, where it's at, where we still need to go. And then we kind of loop back to the manifester again. And that's a very clean cut way of putting it. Um, it's always more messy than that because we're we're all humans and so I don't want to give you the idea that you can just initiate a creative urge and you're going to have a projector pop up next to you and then a generator and a manifesting generator these are just some general kind of guidelines of this are how this is how our our energy is designed to work in the scope of the collective and everything begins with the manifestors creative urges Everything that has ever been born into the world was from a manifest, a creative urge. Everything that people are now responding to, innovating with, building, guiding, was at one point initiated and created by a manifesto urge. And, and our urges, because they're taken by the collective and used, they trickle down and trickle down and trickle down, right, and until the ripple effect is so big that it feels completely indirectly connected back to that original urge but it's still there. That original urge is still there. And we have this whole series that we did on our Instagram over the last couple of years. So definitely scroll back through if this appeals to you. But we shared this series of, of probably about a hundred different famous manifestors and um, their designs and all of the things that they initiated. And like one of my favorite ones was that the architect and the designer of the Eiffel Tower was a manifestor. And the reason it's called the Eiffel Tower is because his surname was Eiffel. <laughs> he named it after himself. He said, if I'm going to put an iconic structure in the middle of Paris, then I want it to have my name on it, which is like the most manifesto thing ever. But that's a really beautiful example of a creative urge that was birthed by a manifesto that hundreds of years later is still being used and responded to and interacted with and innovated with by millions of people of other energy types, including other manifestors. So these creative urges are here to serve. In the end, manifestors are here to serve the, the collective and the growth of humanity just as much as everyone else is. Even though we do it independently, we're just the first domino in the line, and that's how we serve. We serve by honouring our creative urges and bringing them forth. Where it starts to get a bit complex and a bit messy and certainly sometimes a bit hard to carry for a manifesto is that we love to have this romanticized idea that all of our creative urges are sunshine and are lovely and are always going to be exactly what people want and exactly what people need and they're always going to do delightful, swishy, gorgeous things. <laughs> and in truth, a lot of the content, in fact, I would even argue that all of the content that I've ever seen in the human design space reflects that. 
whether they were the ones that you know started it maybe that came from the original human design text and people have just been parroting it um, or maybe manifestors began that and people have been responding to it but regardless that's that's the conversation that we hear that oh oh your urges as manifestors your ideas your visions as manifestors they're so beautiful mm, and everybody loves them like we're so inspired by you and what we're referring to when we talk about urges like that are the good urges right if we're going to categorize urges down we're going to categorize it today in this podcast as the good urges the bad urges and the ugly urges all of them are valuable all of them are necessary all of them need to be initiated all of them are powerful and all of them are correct. In fact, all of them are good. If we're talking about the, the intrinsic definition of good, then all creative urges are good. I'm talking about the way that we experience them and the way that other people receive them when we say good, bad, and ugly. So those good urges, the good urges, the ones that we all love, mm, we love these urges. Typically, these are the urges where something is being built. Something is being produced, yeah? So if we look at that in a business setting, then generally speaking, a good urge in a business setting is going to be like, oh, I built out a product or I even built the business itself. You know, I, I built this guide. I, I built this program for people to interact with. I built content. I built a platform. I built a community. That's where building in, in a non-business context then this often looks like something more domestic and a, and a bit more creative. So um, we can see good urges, quote unquote good urges, as like, oh, I, I kind of redid my whole room. That's a good urge. Or I had this urge to travel, so I went and traveled. Um, I built this beautiful garden or this beautiful vegetable patch or I painted or I drew or I picked up ceramics, right? Lately, I've been going through this series of urges which are so focused on my home, like my physical home. And I find it hilarious because I've just come out of a year six, which is all about relationships, family, and home. And it was wild to say the least. And as I've come out of that year six, my first month in the year seven, all of a sudden I'm like, Woof, all this creative energy is here. I've got all of these urges to redo these series of rooms in my house. So I've done the entire like outdoor area. I have done um, my youngest son's bedroom. He initiated that. He's a manifester. That was not on my agenda, but I added it in. I've redone my office. I've redone like this weird landing area that we had. I've turned it into a library. I've redone one of our living areas. And now I'm in the process of redoing our entire guest space on our ground floor. It has been expensive and it has been fun and it has been exhausting, right? But that those are good creative urges. It's producing something. It's creating something. It's building something that everyone enjoys and everyone gets lit up by and everyone's excited about because you know what? It's not challenging. It's not challenging anybody in any kind of confronting way. It's just saying, oh, I made this really beautiful thing that now you get to participate in. We had this incredible adventure, this incredible experience. Isn't that amazing, right? Those are the good urges. Those are the ones that feel delicious. They feel a lot lighter as well and easier to be able to initiate. And then we have our bad urges, quote unquote, bad urges. 
I don't think that bad urges are actually urges. I think that generally speaking, our bad urges are either ideas that we're trying to chase down or they're wounds that we're initiating from. Let me explain that a little bit further. Ideas can be amazing, right? Ideas can be great. Strategic ideas can be incredible. In fact, over the last couple of years, I've been playing a lot more with um, initiating strategic ideas and and I've had more energy available as my team grows, as our business gets more uh, kind of cement underneath it, you know, more concrete standing underneath it. It's given me more space to be able to use my initiating energy in ways that are not just initiating my creative urges. So I've been playing around with initiating an idea every now and then, and they they can be amazing, but if what we're doing as manifestors is we're chasing down these ideas, thinking that these ideas are urges. So we we have an idea that passes our mind and I go, oh my gosh, that's what I need to do. Like I need to quit my job and I need to I go back and get a, a university degree and I need to completely change everything. I, I need to completely change my career or I need to um, get out of this business because it's not working and then I need to go in and set up a new business with all of these sales funnels and workshops and right. These are ideas because what we're actually doing is we're chasing the illusion that initiating that idea is going to give us what we want, that the idea is the solution to all of the problems that we've got. And all those ideas end up being is like an exit hatch that is not actually an exit hatch. Then we just get ourselves into more complex situations where we've got more layers and and ultimately kind of more problems that we need to solve. Chasing ideas is often not a great idea, but additionally, it's exhausting because you cannot chase every single idea you've got. As a manifester, you cannot initiate every single idea that comes through. This is particularly applicable for those with an undefined head. But even if you have a defined head, you still cannot chase every single idea that comes through because your ideas are so big and so huge that you need to measure how much of that you are initiating. But the other way that bad urges can happen is when you're initiating from a wound. And I think that we see this happen in relationships the most often. And I I am so aware of my past history doing this. So I'm, I'm standing on that same ground with all of you where we have a wound or we even have a trauma. And those, those wounds center around rejection and abandonment and control and mediocrity. These wounds that we are terrified of having to look at because we don't think that we have the capacity to look at. And this is a very subconscious process. We then initiate from that place and we can convince ourselves that this is an urge, right? And there is no more typical example of this than manifestors who prance around saying, I'm just informing you. I'm just informing you. I'm just being honest or I'm just telling the truth. And then they level these like horribly, horribly painful projections, destructions, these eviscerating comments towards other people where they are destroying relationships and they are inadvertently trying to control other people. 
that is not informing. We're going to do an episode about what informing actually is, but but my friends, that that's not informing. That's not what informing is actually about. Informing is about letting people see inside your energy, not projecting about other people and who you think they are and what you think they're doing and how wrong it is and how they need to be better. This is initiating from a wound and it can at times feel like an urge. It can feel like, oh, well, you know, but this is what my urge pushed me to do. My urge said that I had to say this or I had to break down this relationship or I had to ghost this person or I had to walk away from this. Maybe not. Maybe that's not actually an urge. Maybe that's some kind of initiation that is coming from a place of wounding. An urge is always going to be for the benefit of something, right? An urge is a sacred thing. An urge is a sovereign thing. Remember that the whole purpose of urges is that it's something good for the collective. It's designed to move the collective forward. And as as part of that process, we are, as individuals initiating that urge, are also going to grow and also going to move forward. Urges are about progress, right? Urges are about love at their core. They're about service at their core. They're not about destruction for the sake of destruction. They're not about criticism. They're not about uh, control. Urges will never come through in those ways. That is when we're initiating from a wound. And finally, the ugly urges. These are my favourite this is what I've been wanting to talk about for a while. I've been I've been navigating through this <laughs> personal level like oh damn those ugly urges that are sovereign and are sacred but oof and nobody wants to be dealing with those. I don't want to be initiating them. People don't want to be receiving them. So what the heck are ugly urges? On our good urges, we have this kind of life-giving aspect, right? The building, the creating, the producing, the bringing something into form. The ugly urges are the opposite. It's death. It's ending. It's burning down. It's setting a torch to something with fire and letting the fire bring it down to nothing but ashes. The ugly urges are typically classified by having to end something. We are initiating the process of death, initiating the process of ending. These are really hard urges to initiate. They are really hard urges to birth. And and the ones of these that I've had have felt so confronting to all of my fears of um, belonging, of rejection, of abandonment, of, of, you know, all of these things that as humans, we're programmed to want to fit in with everyone because that's survival. And when you have this, this thing pending in you, right, this energetic creature, that wants to come through, that needs to be initiated, that you know is going to cause the end and that you are very likely going to be scapegoated as the person that is responsible for that ending. This is where our relationship to our urges really gets tested. How much do we trust our role as initiators? 
How much can we surrender to what it is that's coming through us? How much are we willing to initiate what comes through and then sit in a trusting observance of of what it does? Because often on an ugly urge, again, quote unquote ugly, we don't see the beneficial specs of that initiation until a long way down the track, months, sometimes even years down the track. But it is imperative that a manifester who has the initiating energy is the one who initiates like the beginning of the end. I've had this happen in letting go of star that have worked for me, ending relationships in a professional capacity that seemingly on the surface are pretty good, but they there's some complications, there's some issues. Like I can feel the death starting to move through and I know that it's starting to decay and that death needs to be initiated because the other person is sure as hell not going to initiate it. They're not going to start that death process. I've had this happen in relationships and have had to um, lovingly orchestrate an end. And this is so different to like those, those again, quote unquote, bad urges, which are really just initiating from wounds where you just destroy your relationship or you ghost or you don't communicate or you disappear or you just eviscerate it and end it. An ugly urge in ending a relationship is one that is done with love and with communication, with openness and with authenticity that says, here, here are my cards. This is where I'm at. I'm initiating the end of our relationship because it needs to be initiated and I know that that's going to be so painful for both of us, but I'm being open and I'm being honest about it and I'm I'm going to do this journey with you. I did this in my marriage a year ago and incredibly what it bought was rebirth and that was such a profound example to me a really necessary experience that I had to have in understanding and trusting the ugly urges because I have been really resistant to death for a long time I have a lot of trauma associated with death experiences and so I've like avidly avoided anything dying and I have been very aware of that right I've, I've said for years and years and years now like oh I don't deal well with death I don't you know when people I know have passed away even when like pets and animals have passed away I have deeply deeply struggled with that um I would struggle to see like you know animals dead on the side of the road any any death any relationship breakdown any end of a journey even the end of a book or the end of a tv series I struggled I emotionally struggled to process the weight of that death so I've become very avoidant of death and in doing so that meant that these ugly urges that were coming through, I I would not initiate them. I would not initiate the beginning of the end because I didn't want to go through the death experience. And initiating that in my marriage, I was convinced, absolutely and utterly convinced that that was then complete death. That death is just death and there is nothing beyond it and there is no other alternative and, and no good ending. It's just death for the sake of death and we grieve and it's horrible and we carry that grief with us forever. And what I realized in that time was that death is never just death. Death is for the purpose of rebirth. And we cannot have rebirth in newness until we have gone through the death. And this is, this is the pattern and the rhythm of nature. 
this is the purpose of life, that we are constantly going through a death and rebirth experience. And at the same time that that was happening in my marriage, I also experienced that with kind of two key relationships. One of them that I had initiated the death of seven years prior, and then all of a sudden it was reborn and it popped back up and it's in this really healthy, beautiful place. That's the purpose of these ugly urges. Maybe it's leaving a job. Maybe it is closing a business down. Maybe it is ending a relationship. Maybe it's even just bringing some hidden truth or hidden secret to light. Maybe it's initiating the death of a behavioral pattern that you've got going on, the death of a a wound that has been driving you. Um, For me, I've experienced this a lot in my own personal trauma work, right? these urges to just initiate these journeys of like finally purging that trauma, which has become familiar and almost become comfortable, but I've got to bring it up and I've got to let it die and be released. I recently, probably about six months ago, had one of these urges in a very, very close relationship that I was in, a close friendship. And the urge, I mean, it terrified me when it came through and I resisted it for a week and I had like heart palpitations and my nervous system was super activated and I wasn't sleeping because I was pushing against this urge. And within this friendship, there was this huge secret, this huge, really important secret that had all these kind of spindly arms that came off it. And I was knowingly in this secret with this person. For me, it was an act of um, self-abandonment really, but I thought it was love to say, well, you're ashamed of this secret, so I'm going to help you keep it. Even though I think you should just share it, I'm going to help you keep it. And what that meant was that I I was sort of this, this, uh, I guess, bipartisan ally, right? Like I was... um, I was trying to straddle both sides of the fence. Like, oh, I'm a really honest person, but also within this relationship, I'm I'm working with you to keep this thing covered up and keep this thing secret. This secret was hugely impacting my friend's mental health enormously. And we, of course, had to ignore all of that because we were shoving the secret down. We weren't talking about the secret. And so all of the mental health issues that were coming up in association to it, we were like, oh, no, we don't. We don't talk about that. We don't pay attention to that. And it had to all slide and slide and slide and slide, right? Until eventually I I received this urge that I had to disclose the mental health struggles that this person was having to their family so that they could get help. And it was one of the most terrifying urges that I've ever had. And after that week of resisting it, of fighting it, of feeling horribly ashamed that um, I was going to do something destructive, that I was going to do something that hurt people, that they were going to be so confronted by it, that I would be rejected, that I would be misunderstood, that I would be shoved out. And a lot of those things did happen. But once I initiated it, it left. I got that immediate peace that happens after it's a creative urge. And this is the big key difference between those like bad urges that are not actually urges and the ugly urges or the good urges. Once you've initiated a legitimate urge, you feel peace because it's lightened from you. It's come out of your system. And that has now become my indicator of of this sort of retrospective look at, oh my gosh, that was really intense. Was that actually an urge? Yeah. Because once I initiated it, it was out of my body. 
and it was out into the world doing whatever it was going to do and I felt peaceful and I felt light and I felt like that was absolutely correct, even though I was still experiencing very real relational consequences for it. And that's okay. That's part of the journey. I I believe that these ugly urges, the ones that are so hard to initiate, this death that is so hard to be the initiator of, are the ones that are most powerful. These are the ones that create the most transformation in ourselves and in the people around us. But in order to be the the manifestors that can initiate these urges, we have to trust our creative urges and initiate them, right? We have to have strengthened that relationship with our creative urges so that we know that even if it is an ugly urge and even if it's going to start a death process and it's going to end things and it's going to burn something down and that's going to be very, very real and that's going to be very challenging and confronting to our human experience, that that's okay because it's for a a greater purpose, that this is serving something in some way. And, And in this example of this friend, I haven't seen that benefit yet. We're no longer in communication because of this. But I trust, I absolutely trust, and I will keep you updated. (laughs) I trust that at some point I'm going to be able to retrospectively see that. I'm going to get some information from someone that tells me, okay, this is is what happened as a result of that. And I believe it's going to be good. I believe it's absolutely going to be correct because I did that with the most earnest, authentic, honest heart of this is this is to help. This is to grow. This is for goodness. I'm not doing this out of out of malice or revenge or resentment. This is, I think, the deepest place that we can exist in with our creative urges. This is the deepest level of trust that we can operate at. Can we receive an ugly urge and can we initiate it with love? And can we can we wait it out until we can see the results? of that initiation. Manifestors are the royalty of death and rebirth. When we bring it down to the true essence of our our energy, manifestors are the kings and queens of that death-rebirth process. We are the orchestrators of all birth. Everything born comes from us originally. But we can't participate with only one process of of the living and death process. To be people who birth, we also need to be people who are involved with death. And death creates rebirth. I think that the more that we allow ourselves to lean into that, to float back into the waters of, I am a, a collaborator with this hugely extensive energetic process of life and death, that we stop getting so fixated on the good urges and on being accepted for our urges and and of always having them be successful and wonderful, right? Like, oh, I just want the urges where I create a product and it makes a million dollars. Well, no, sometimes those urges are great, but I also want the urges that transform life because that's the essence of my power is that I'm a humble collaborator with the death and life process. 
If you want to learn more about creative urges, if this has sparked something in you, if you know that you need to deepen your relationship with creative urges or even just deepen your your understanding and your knowledge about creative urges, please grab the Manifestor's Guide to Creative Urges. It's free. It's not going to cost you anything. The the link is in the show notes here. You can also find it on our website. Um, It's a PDF. It's downloadable. It's going to help you so much. We've had so many hundreds of manifestors come back to us with just beautiful feedback about this one. And it, it's so empowering. It's so important that manifestors can cultivate this deeply trusting relationship with their urges because in short, that's actually what you're here to do, right? So the sooner we start on, on building that relationship or repairing that relationship, the better. That's a wrap for today. That's all we're going to talk about with creative urges. It's been beautiful spending some time with you. And uh, next week, you're going to have an episode with our podcast co-host, Taylor, who is incredible, Taylor V. Um, she's staying on to do another year of podcasting episodes with us. So that is exciting. She's basically the energetic opposite of me in the manifesto spectrum. So she brings a completely unique and different perspective to mine on the manifesto experience, which I love. Tune into that episode. Uh, and then I will be seeing you again for the episode in the week after that. But until then, keep hunting for purpose. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.